Through our relationship with our cluster B, we have to take a moment to accept that what we have seen, we can't unsee. Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. Take it or leave it. That's really the main question, the main statement that we have to make. It could be a question. It can also be a statement. Take it or leave it, question mark, or take it or leave it, exclamation point. When dealing with your cluster B, when you finally come out of the fog and you finally see things for what they are, you have to ask yourself the question, take it or leave it. Or you need to make a statement to yourself, take it or leave it, exclamation point. Here's a saying that I wanted to share with you, and it rings true for me. Even though the cluster B married you, it had nothing to do with love. It was to guarantee them a stable person to use and abuse for years. That's it. I'm going to read that one more time and listen to that statement. Even though the cluster B married you, it had absolutely nothing to do with love. It was to guarantee them a stable person to use and abuse for years. That's it. And that rings true with my statement, take it or leave it. You can't unsee what you have seen. And what we frequently do in our relationships, we, we try to unsee it and we gloss it over with the thought that, you know, they weren't always this way. I remember when we first met, how wonderful they were, how they love bombed us. They sex bombed us. They were a mirage. They were a reflection of us. And we love that. And then for some reason, we hold that so sacred. We lock that away and we use it as an excuse for all the abuse that they throw upon us. The gaslighting, the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse, the financial abuse, the list goes on and on and on and on. The trauma bonding. And folks, don't think that when you come out of that relationship, if you decide to leave the relationship or the cluster B leaves you, and of course, when the cluster B leaves us, It takes us forever to get over them. It's like a jellyfish or an octopus, all the tentacles, all the the tails that, that, that are just left with us, the sting, the hurt. And if we leave the cluster B, then we start thinking, did we do the right thing? Are we thinking the right thing? Really, you know, they probably do love us somewhere deep down inside and we just have to work so much harder to realize that love, to bring it out. Well, first off, it's not love. It's not love. When you see these people for who they truly are, and I would basically classify them as emotional monsters, then you can't unsee it. But we choose to try to unsee it. As I said before, we we try to... Forget about what they've done. We give them emotional allowances. And it does change, in my opinion, the wiring in our brain. 
we develop a tolerance. We develop an acceptance. I know I've done that. And now what's happening to me is that I'm starting to think about things that have happened in the past. Events. And it triggers me to think how stupid I've been. How naive I've been. How accepting I've been. And the same goes for you too. I receive countless emails of people that are in a conundrum. They leave and then they want to go back either because they're being hoovered back by the cluster B or they feel like they've done something wrong. Or maybe if they go back, things will be different. Maybe that person, that person will forgive me. You're asking them for forgiveness after they've abused you for months, years, decades. Why? At the end of the day, we have to take a step back and we have to think about our own self-value and stop trying to build these people up because that's what we do. We provide them with a stable environment. We work very hard not to step on their toes. We walk on eggshells. And then what do we get for that? Well, we get nothing. We get maybe some stage of civility, some period of civility, a ceasefire, so to speak. And then, as I've talked about, about my emotional sandcastles, something comes along that washes that emotional sandcastle away and we start all over again. Shoots and ladders. Listen to those two podcasts. They make complete sense. It's this cycle of abuse that we choose to endure because we choose to endure it. I'm still in it. But being aware of it doesn't make it any easier. I'll tell you that. Because... I have seen the truth now. I understand the truth. It makes sense to me now. And now I'm trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do about that? How am I going to make my life better? Not my wife's life better. She's living her best life right now. She has no emotional commitment to me. She doesn't have to do anything. She doesn't have to love bomb me anymore. She's discarded me. She's detached from me. And so eh, she's just here taking up space, living parallel life or a parallel life with me and living off of me, pure and simple. So who wouldn't want that? The only thing that's missing out of this equation would be that if we were perhaps living in an area that would give her the opportunity to monkey branch, she'd do that. I'm fully, fully certain in my conviction that she would do that. And why would she do it? Well, because that's what they do. And and also I deserve to be punished. I'm not deserving of her false love and affection. That's for somebody else. That's reserved for a new relationship. But, you know, she's going to punish me. She's going to show me that she's a viable sexual person. And that I can't have any of that. I can't share in that anymore because I don't deserve it. So you have to think about the fact that do you want to continue in that vein with these people? And if you listen to my podcasts over three years, they have evolved. They've evolved. I started off questioning whether my wife was a borderline. I was convinced she was. Then I became 
more open to the idea that she wasn't necessarily a borderline. She was a covert narcissist, a, a vulnerable or silent narcissist, whichever way you want to call them. All of these conditions, all of these, well, they're not really conditions, they're personality disorders, do exist on a spectrum. And that's what leaves us confused because you can't be 100% certifiable as a narcissist or a borderline. There is, much like autism, a spectrum on how you function, how you deal with other people emotionally. And so you could have somebody that's mildly borderline or mildly narcissistic. And then you can have malignant narcissists. Those are the worst type. You can have the overt narcissists, the people that come into a room and you're like, whoa, okay, that just woke me up because they've stepped into a room and you know they're there. And then you can have the covert, the vulnerable, the silent narcissists. Those are particularly difficult to deal with. And as I've said in so many podcasts, you know, we can throw these diagnoses out there. I can tell you, oh, my wife is a narcissist. Is, do I know that for sure? No, I don't. Can I say she's comorbid with borderline personality disorder? It sounds fancy. But I don't know what I'm talking about in that regard. Yes, I can Google. Yes, I can go to ChatGPT. Yes, I can read lots of articles. I can go on a lot of bulletin boards and forums and I can say, oh, wow, okay, that person was diagnosed as a narcissist or a borderline and my wife kind of falls into that genre. But until she is clinically diagnosed, which she was many years ago before we were married, she showed mild narcissistic tendencies. I don't know what that means. That means to me that she is a covert or a silent or a vulnerable narcissist. And yes, that was a licensed clinician. So maybe I can say with some conviction that she is a narcissist. But what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that I can go and go to a drugstore and buy some drugs that's going to cure her. It's not going to happen. And these are the things that we who are the victims and the survivors of these relationships need to understand that these people will not change. They just won't. Some maybe, I can't make a universal statement to say that no narcissist and or no borderline because A.J. Mahari, who was a borderline, is able to and was able to basically become cured, for lack of a better term, of borderline. And now she's out helping people like us navigate through these relationships. But that's few and far between. Most people don't get treatment. They don't get therapy. And they never change their personalities. They move on. They're nomads. They move on from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And in my case, my wife kind of went through many relationships that were short-lived and then kind of chanced upon me. And well, that relationship's been going on for almost 23 years now. Does it make it right? No, it doesn't. Is it a healthy relationship? Certainly not. So these are the things that you have to think about as you navigate through your own relationship. But you can't lose sight of who you are and the value that you bring to this world because they don't want you to think that you're a valuable person. They want to make you dependent on them. They have to give you value. They have to give you validation. You have to earn it. I'm beyond that stage now. I will not earn any validation 
for my wife. I've been discarded. The detachment has happened. And as I said, she's just taking up space. She's here. And that's the way it is. And at the end of the day, I have to decide whether this is what I want to continue with. Again, I've always posed to you guys the question, where do you see yourself in the future with your cluster B? New episodes uploaded each and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can reach me at myinnertorch at gmail.com. Please, if you get an opportunity, leave a review on whichever podcast platform you happen to be listening to My Inner Torch on. And as always, I say to you, be well, and in whatever you do, be good. This has been My Inner Torch. <laughs>